Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Town Big Business. It's a podcast about doing big business in small towns here in rural middle America. I'm your co-host for today, Deb Barnett, also with Southern Illinois Now, where we focus on economic development in the 17-county region in Southern Illinois, and also advance our region as a great place to live, work, and do business. Yes, and I'm Russell Williams. I'm director of Ethos. Ethos is a small business incubator, co-working spaces. We do training and development, and you're joining us here at the Citadel Building, historic building here on Tower Square Plaza in downtown Marion, Illinois. I want to thank you for joining us, but also want to thank our sponsors for making this possible. And that includes Arcadia Wealth Group, the Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV, the Watermark Auto Group, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Swinford Media Group, and of course our producers at Union Street Arts. If you're new to the podcast, uh, we interview small business owners and founders about how and why they're so successful in small towns like right here in Marion, Illinois, and across Southern Illinois. And today is no exception. Uh, we're actually talking with some folks today from Ambleside School of Marion. So a little bit different than our typical business episode, but I think there's going to be a lot of things that we can translate from the work that you all do to the business community. So first of all, I want to welcome um, Terry Costello. You're the principal at Ambleside. Yeah. Hi. It's good to be with you guys. So good to be, for you to be here. And then also Macy McCurdy, and you're the board chair. I am. Thanks for having us. And you, as I understand it, have been there since the beginning or? Really Since before the beginning. the beginning, yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, before the beginning, actually. Okay. Very yeah. good. So, why don't we start with that? Tell us a little bit how, about how Ambleside School of Marion got started and, and kind of a little bit about you. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll take this back. Maybe the school opened in the fall of 2018. Um, but prior to that, there were several minds that got together that were actually, um, at the time, homeschooling their kids in this Charlotte Mason method, Ambleside method, which I will let Mrs. Costello get into. Uh, here in a little bit. Um, but, you know, it came, became clear at the time that there was a need um, for a private Christian school in the area um, that was, you know, specific to this um, Charlotte Mason classical type education. Um, and then also I happened to be attending and still do the church um, that also a church that also had a vision for something like this. Um, so the two kind of meshed and, um, you know, brought forth Ambleside School of Marion. And, um, but yeah, a lot of vision, um, a lot of passion there for, you know, what could be offered to the area. And it, it's been a blessing and it's just continued to grow. Which is how most businesses or organizations start, right? You True. identify a yeah. need or just this collective group of people with a vision and a passion yeah. for what they want to see happen. So, Terry, how did you um, get involved and, and come along with Ambleside here in Marion? Yeah, so I've Ambleside is a part of a greater organization, Ambleside School International. And so I got started with Ambleside in Florida. Uh, there's an Ambleside Ocala there. So I've been with Ambleside and the network for over 10 years now. And so starting at Ambleside Ocala, I did all the jobs there. I was a volunteer, and then I got pulled into kindergarten. I got to teach third grade. I've taught so many subjects in between. And a season came when we moved to Virginia, and we were in the D.C. area. I worked at another Ambleside there and got to be a part of the administrative team there. And as we were going um, through the brink of COVID and McLean, um, there was some really great leadership upbringing in the school that I was in. And so then I was asked 
if I ever heard of the town of Marion, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I said, great, how far is that from Chicago? And they're like, oh, that's that's northern Illinois. Yeah. That's a different state that's a even. That's response, though. When people yeah. say Illinois, they think Chicago. Yeah. They think Chicago. Right? And Absolutely. so um, I said, uh, I would love to hear more about it. We had the chance to come and fly out. And, in fact, school was closed the I day I came. It was an ice day. Ice day, yes. Yes. And uh, I got this beautiful opportunity to just come in and sit and just be with the teachers. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing because then I heard what was on their hearts, really what the passion was for the school and the philosophy and their students. And the whole time my husband and I sat there, all we saw was love and this devout Mm -hmm. excitement for wanting this school to continue, wanting it to flourish Mm-hmm. wanting to continue educating in this beautiful pathway that Charlotte Mason started forever ago. She's a British educator from the 1800s. And it was just this lovely time. And what I flew back to D.C. and in that moment, there was no way that I was going to stay away from the school. And so we came and didn't just fall in love with the school, but also the area. It's of like, course. It's a sweet little Hallmark town that I just can't get enough of, mm. especially having Crown Brew right down the mm. Road, mm-hmm. that's dangerous for How me and my budget. How long was Ambleside, this location, in place when you visited? How long have they been? So this is my second full year here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we had just wrapped up our fourth school year, and prior to Terry coming, we were in this. So we had started the school in 2018. So we had the 2018-2019 school year of it was beautiful and what you would consider a normal school year, and it had its growing pains and things like that. You know, it was expected. Started. Right, you know, mm-hmm. and we you, there's the, the bumps and the bangs that you expect, you know, when you're starting a school. Fast forward to that second school year um, was 2019-2020 school year. We're a baby school, and now we have to navigate a pandemic. And that was just this like... Okay, where do we go from here? You know, how do we do this? Um, are any of us equipped to do this, or you know, and do this well? And I think everyone was thinking, where? How do we do this? Everyone you know? was in the same boat. Everyone right. was in the same boat. We weren't out there sinking and or swimming on our own. But um, so through that, the school kind of hit this transition period. Um, we went through. You know, we needed staff. We lost some staff. We were trying to gain staff and things like that. Um, Our principal ended up moving away at the time, so not only were we in this shift of a pandemic that felt Mm. really hard to navigate, now we are without leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the school board and the teachers had to come together and make, we made two school years out of nothing, Mm -hmm. um, basically, and then, um, you know, we were so thankful that we had Ambleside Schools International, our parent company, to throw us a life raft, you know, and say, hey, we can help you guys. Mm-hmm. And that's when they reached out and found okay. the Costellos and sent them our way. And it's been, like, the most amazing that's two awesome. years of the school. So Sweet. it's I've, I've seen it transition from nothing to <laughs> something and then almost nothing again. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then here we are today, and it's growing, and it's that's healthy excellent. and amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Charlotte Mason, so let's yeah. talk a little bit about her philosophy of education and her methodology, and then how is that incorporated in Ampleside schools? Yeah, so Charlotte Mason, she's a was a British British educator, and so at the time she is also in the same time period as um, Rhea Montessori, and so what she really found valuable was 
seeing children as a whole person. So they're not just some well or slate to be added onto. They're already made with what God has already brought them to be. And the role of the educator, the role of the parents is to walk alongside them in that and helping them develop these habits to be putting forth good, true, and beautiful ideas before them to help them really become who God has already made them to be. Hmm. And so she took that core value and thought that, if we can put this into an educational system, then we have students that are believing, thinking, and living life as God has designed them to be. So she based her educational system on education is a life, meaning you should grow always learning, always loving to learn and having this desire to learn because it's natural to us, Mm -hmm. that it's a discipline. And I know as soon as you say disciplines, everybody's thinking of when you got paddled when you were younger or when you got sent to your bedroom. She does mean that sometimes, but for her, it was more this pathway of habit training, Mm -hmm. making sure that you are set up for life with the skills that you have. You have the discipline to go about those skills and do them well. And then, of course, it's about the atmosphere. It's not just coming in and learning a rote amount of things or memorizing this or memorizing that. But when you are in an atmosphere where you feel loved, it is joyful, even during math class. <laughs> Students are 30% more apt to be able to be using their whole brain and engaging Mm -hmm. in a subject. Mm -hmm. And so she took those three pillars and did this with, I think she started with 10 women at the time that were um, teaching with her and saw thousands of students and watched them grow up into these incredible adults that cared, that had hobbies outside of work and were more than just Um, a cog in the machine, but had a life that they could go to afterwards and had these hobbies and had these delightful things that they enjoyed Mm -hmm. that wasn't necessarily just a job or just this and could freely think for themselves. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to see that in our school and Ampleside as a whole, being old enough that now we have graduates coming back and teaching as teachers, Mm -hmm incredible to meet these older Ambleside graduates and seeing who they are Mm -hmm. and what they've been doing with their lives, whether it's working as a blue collar and enjoying a a job at a grocery store or all the way up into being a teacher or being in politics. It's a really Mm -hmm. beautiful thing. That's interesting. So, um, Macy, you mentioned that there was a core group of parents Mm -hmm. who came together, mostly homeschoolers at the time, and came together and sort of had this idea and created it. So I know, also know you're a business owner yeah. yourself. Yeah. So how did that relate to, you know, starting something new in a community? We do have some great educational um, mm-hmm. institutions here mm-hmm. in Southern Illinois, public and private. Yeah. Um, but this was brand new. So how, were there any challenges to kind of getting that started and, and people embracing or how has the community embraced um, Ambleside? Yeah, I mean, it is certainly a new idea for those that, you know, were already homeschooling in Charlotte Mason or our classical method. This isn't brand new information, right? You know, they're they're familiar with with this realm. Um, But for, um, you know, those that were outside looking in and interested in those early days, um, we hosted um, like informational meetings and things like that. Um, which we still kind of do to this day with our parents go to school night. Um, but they would come into the school and we would kind of help immerse them in this. And it's really hard to not fall in love with the Ambleside and Charlotte Mason method. It's totally hard to not uh, learn and what's going on there and be like, this is the most beautiful 
you know, way of learning that, I mean, I have ever been, you know, uh, tuned on to. So anyway, but um, yeah, help me with your question. Again. Yeah, just has the community embraced it? I mean, certainly your sure. parents that are there and the children, but how has the community embraced Yeah, it? and the community has been, our community specifically has just been so loving towards us. Um, you know, when we first started out, it, uh, it, it was maybe hard to get the, um, you know, everybody on the same page because it is different, but as it new, it, it new, new right? exactly. Yeah. And as time has gone on, um, we have, you know, parents and grandparents and even extended family members, um, that volunteer their time at the school and have just all fallen in love and been so supportive and just the community mm-hmm. as well. I mean, the numbers are growing, um, you know, in students and it's, mm-hmm. it's been awesome. Well, and there's the tricky part at the beginning of a school. I, I know for us in Ocala, getting the school started and running, having to explain what is different in a way that most mm-hmm. of us have never experienced it like that. Mm-hmm. And then being brand new at it yourself, where you might not really be doing it the right way either, or the way that the philosophy <laughs> yes. indicates and saying, okay, let's come into this room together and I'm going to teach you like you are in a younger grade, an elementary grade. And I'm going to kind of fumble through this because I'm still learning it myself. And I know that that was hard conveying what we are doing is not some bizarre method or doesn't have any scientific data behind it. But going on that leap of trust and having people being even willing to come out and participate to see it mm-hmm. is one was the biggest challenge that we've encountered mm-hmm. at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the strengths of the school? Yeah, so I would say that one of the strengths of our school is right now the atmosphere. And when you walk in, it's just peaceful across the board. Um, we have pre-K, young fives, all the way up to sixth grade right now. And it's quiet, and it's everybody's engaged in learning. You see hands going up all day long, even during grammar, which I don't know about you. I didn't really love grammar (laughs) in school. I also didn't really love math either. Is that bad to admit (laughs) as a principal? But you might see that it's not their natural interest or something that they walked in on excited to learn about. But by the end of a lesson, they're excited about fractions and adding fractions together. Mm Our teachers love being there, and they love their students. And it's not uncommon if you see a student having a hard day or they came in and mom's like, we had a rough start getting out the door. I'm not even sure we have the jacket in the backpack. And the teacher just smiles and says, no worries, we got this. And later on, they might be having a rough moment. It's not uncommon to have them, the teacher and the student out in the hallway just talking it through. Hey, what's going on? How can I help? I want to check in on you at recess and make sure that we're okay. And they're walking side by side to the recess yard talking about what was going on with that morning. All right, well, let's do this. I want you to take a deep breath when you start to get upset or you feel it in your ears that you're starting to get a little hot-headed. And then we'll see how it goes. And then if you need a moment, just tap on your desk or do something, and I know that I can come and help in that moment. And so our teachers have a deep – see the deep value of our students and their parents – And one of the things that we talk about as we get ready to go into conferences next month is we see ourselves as a partnership with the parents. We're just an extension of what's already being taught at home through their values at home, through what they want in their students' education. Mm -hmm. So if there's a difficulty, whether it's academic or weakness behaviorally, we're the first ones to call out and say, hey, 
are you seeing this at home? And mom is usually like, yeah, we see this at home. What are you guys doing? Is it helping? Or like, well, what are you guys doing? Is that helping? And how can we join forces together? So that they don't, the student doesn't see it as this problem or that they're in trouble or they're this, but we're now working together Mm -hmm. to help bridge that gap and that weakness with them. Yeah. Macy, as a parent, what strengths do you see with the school, or what do you hear your kids talking about? Well, actually, so I just have a two-year-old, um, mm-hmm. so I don't have a kid at the school, but I'm at the school enough, and I, I have um, I have a nephew in the school, and I have you know friends' kids in the school. Um, and re- honestly, what I hear the most is, um, well, number one, the lunch is amazing. But yes, they love Miss Elaine's lunch. <laughs> they love, our, love a good school. Yeah, right? <laughs> that comes to mind first. Um, but second of all, how much they love their teachers. And like she said, when you walk in that building, it is like you can feel it in the air. Mm-hmm. It is different. That It is peaceful. It is quiet. The teachers are happy. They're not, you know, begrudgingly there. But um, I've heard several of those teachers say, well, I view this as a ministry. Mm-hmm. And that just spins that, you know, it's not so much of a job. It is a job, Mm -hmm. right? But it's also something they're viewing as a ministry and it's something of their, you know, a work of their heart. Um, And that is just, it's evident in everything in that school. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be something I would say is a massive strength um, or just, you know, the ministry of those teachers. Um, Another thing, I, I this kind of plays off of what Ms. Costello said about um, the teacher's pulling a student aside. The class sizes are small. Mm-hmm. That's evident when you walk in as well. Um, yeah, we cap at 16 cap students. Cap at 16 students. So the teachers time. have the ability to kind of press into each child, you know, in a weakness or, you know, uh, a habit that needs work. Um, and that's beautiful. I think that's yeah. so important. And mm-hmm. the kindergarten class right now, I believe, has eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's such a good number um, of those kids that can mm-hmm. get you know, there's there's still babies, right? Mm-hmm. Five and individualized old. attention, and they're mm-hmm. and they're still getting that, yeah, that nurturing attention, and um, you know, feeling love from their teacher, and and then I feel like every year when the students move up, they're so sad to leave that last teacher, and you know, but then they move on to the next one, and it's equally as great, and mm-hmm. it's just it's a really uh, neat thing to see unfold. Yeah. And even though this is a school, we're not referring to it as a business, but with any Mm -hmm. business, it's important to have a strong team, good Mm -hmm. employees. You've talked about teachers, but you've also mentioned parents and their role Mm -hmm. and volunteering. And if I remember correctly, there is an expectation of that volunteerism as well. So Mm -hmm. can you talk about, you know, when parents um, consider Ambleside or exploring that, Mm -hmm. what type of expectations are you setting for those families as they come in? Yeah, so we start with... um, Say if you're coming in and you want to know more about Ambleside, we start with a school tour. So they get to see everything from A to Z. Um, We do a parent interview after that point just to kind of share who Ambleside is and be very frank about who we are and what we want from our parents because we do see it as a partnership. And so we ask our parents to have 12 hours of volunteer time at Ambleside for the year. And that can be parents, that can be aunts and uncles, that's how I got started you know, sisters, they love pulling you in. It can be grandparents. But the value of that is they get to be on campus and they get to see what's going on. They get to see their children's education. They get to see what's being delighted in. They also get the chance to help us financially in terms of I'm not having to pull in other work to do things that parents are enjoying doing with us and alongside of us. And it also gives us the chance to share a little bit of the Charlotte Mason philosophy and who we are. And so during that parent interview time, we let them know that we have this 12-hour 
community service type thing for our parents to come and help with. And then we also require them to come to three campus meetings. Uh, you mentioned one, the mm-hmm. parents go to school yeah. night where they get to be the students for the evening. Mm-hmm. They get a little nervous because they have to narrate, which is simply telling back what you've heard in a story because our students, um, whether they're young and being their read too or they're older and they're reading the story out loud, they read it once and then they tell back what they've assimilated from. And is that a big part of the overall method and It philosophy. is a big part. Okay. Um, we want our students to, to hear it and to know it and not listen to it so many times that you've memorized it or you're not going to pay attention the first time because mm-hmm. you know you're going to get another chance to hear it. And so at first that can be intimidating, especially as an adult when you've not been trained in that mm-hmm. way. But there's something really beautiful when you have a seven-year-old that's telling you the entire book and you're asking them to stop talking because it's been an hour and they're still going. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're uh, in that they get the chance to come to these campus meetings. And this is where we get the chance to kind of talk and be in community with each other. But we also have the opportunity to talk about hot topics for parents. So we actually have one coming up. Oh, goodness, it's next week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're doing a chili cook-off. We're going to see what dads can make the best chili. Mm-hmm. And then inside of that, we're having a conversation about technology. How for our children can we keep that in its proper place? And how can we be supportive mm-hmm. as a school and a community to help each other keep technology in its proper place? So parents really are a big part of the team, a big part of what makes this thing work. They do. Mm-hmm. Um, since we cap our, our class body at 16, I know that we this podcast is more often oriented towards small businesses. That is a can be a challenge for us mm-hmm. as a school because we don't add in additional classes. So we do one pre-K, one young fives, one kindergarten, all the way up to our goal is to get to eighth grade mm-hmm. the next year or two. And so inside that intentional business model, there is this difficulty of, well, how are we going to continue to – make sure that we have the funds to continue being um, competitively priced Mm -hmm. for tuition or how can we be keeping our teachers well paid and Mm -hmm. so that it's not just I'm going to put it in this is a ministry for me and then allowing that to kind of take some grace that it doesn't need to take Mm -hmm. and so inside of that having parents be committed having grandparents that are inspired by the work that their students are doing and the habits that they're forming does also help us in that aspect too because they love to give back. They love to spend time at side and really help and see what their students are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so very similar to a business, as you mentioned, you have to make that budget balance and yeah. and all of those things. So th- those are really important um, pieces to look at. And, and mm-hmm. at the same time, as you mentioned, making it still affordable and accessible yeah. to all families. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. What other challenges do you guys have as a small school? Yeah. um, Well, right now, a challenge that we have as a small school is also kind of balancing having enough room and not overexerting and having a building that we're not ready for yet or kind of balancing that cost along with outgrowing the space that Mm -hmm. we are in or how can we going to the church uh, council and saying, hey, do you mind if we take down another wall? Mm -hmm. We need to add 10 more students mm-hmm. in this classroom. And so that's been a big challenge for us in this last two years there. Um, for growing pains. Growing pains. Growing pains. pains. Yeah. Yeah. pains growing pains. Mind too. Yes. Yeah. Growing pains. But you guys have grown very quickly. So I'm a neighbor. I live down the street <laughs> yeah. from the school, okay. from the church. Yeah. And so I've seen you guys. Because you started, is it pre-K? Is that what you guys pre-K, started yeah. with? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Well, we had that pre-K first year. Kindergarten. We had pre-K, kindergarten, um, 
And then I think we went up to fifth grade, but they were kind of scattered. You know, yeah. those older class sizes were smaller naturally. Um, you know, it's easier to get in at the ground floor and stay. And um, our goal was to kind of always move with our largest um, class size grade. Mm-hmm. So I think at the time that was like our third grade class was decent size enough. We felt like financially it would make enough yeah. you know, sense to grow and add a grade um, as we went forward. Um, but yeah, so it's it's went from, I want to say when we started the school, there were 33 students in 2018, 76 as of today. Wow. Wow. I, I think 70, 77 students. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So yeah, yes. it's mm-hmm. it's grown and but yeah, with that has you know become we need to hire teachers yeah. and that that comes up every year. You know, we add a grade, well, we mm-hmm. have to add teachers yeah. and um, and adding support staff and things like that. But yeah. then also, where are we putting all these yeah. these little bodies and yeah. <laughs> everybody? So just yeah. growing pains has I've been our biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. The walls of the church, but you've expanded on campus too. Yes, yeah, yeah. and the church has been so gracious. It's first church of God in Marion, but they've been so gracious to just. I feel like they have always said yes to us, yeah. which is a blessing. This is a huge blessing, and we will yeah. forever be grateful. Um, because yeah, anytime we're like, "Hey, we need to destroy part of your church," yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Have at it." Yeah. <laughs> so you said you you're going to expand the eighth grade next year, which will be 2024, 25. Mm-hmm. And then, do you have hopes and dreams and plans for the growth of other grades? Yeah, so right now our focus is on middle school. Um, although with every new parent interview I have, they're like, and then and then high school, right? And I'm like, let us get through middle school, and we'll talk about high school. Um, Ambleside High School, my nephew just graduated from Ambleside High School in Ocala, and my sister is the dean of students there. And um, it's a beautiful program that's being built. I think there are 10 Amplesides out of the 30 internationally that have a high school that's gone all the way through. And um, I have really found it to be a beautiful curriculum. Um, The amount of work that they do and the amount of learning that they do is impressive and Mm -hmm. significant. Um, So maybe down the pipeline, that would be a dream for us. But right now, middle school is kind of where we're going to cap for now. Um, And so as we talk about middle school, which is one of my close to heart age groups, my husband and I did youth group for mm-hmm. middle school for many years. And it's a group that just needs to be loved and embraced and brought closer to. And it's an age group where it's easier to mm-hmm. kind of push away. They're a little strange and a little awkward. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of hormones in that age group. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's been one of the sweeter things that I've seen uh, through our philosophy is that we bring them close and we invite people from churches from the church um, from the school community to come and mentor some of these students as well and that's been a really beautiful way because sometimes you know as you can um, say one thing to your child and they're like uh yeah sure I'm still gonna do this and then somebody else says the same exact thing and all of a sudden it's a brand new idea and you're like oh I never thought about it that way I just said that and so we found that to be a helpful joint mission to include mentors into that as well. Well, Let's talk about that small time setting, because I think that's one of the values of being in a small town. But are Ampleside schools, do they tend to be in smaller communities and smaller towns or not so much? They do. They do. I think one of, I think the one in DC is in one of the bigger towns and there's one in Centennial, which is outside of Denver, Colorado, but Mm -hmm. they're the rarities. Okay. So what, what's the value of being in small towns? What's the resources and. Yeah. For me, being in the small town and having a small school inside a small town, one of the best things is that we are so connected to our community. And 
Uh, right now, we are getting into doing service projects. We're getting to have pastors come in on Thursday from students' churches, and they get so excited to see their pastor come in and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the ability to come and get our uh, our um, field study T-shirts done. Uh, Pit Road Racing does a lot of our printing for us. We've got um, Melises that does a lot of the embroidery of our um, logos on the shirts. And it's just, we had the mayor come and do our Veterans Day Chapel, the TAPS part. And so we get to know our neighbors really well. We're setting up our students to go out and they're excited to see the person that just was at chapel. Or um, we have a beautiful Veterans Day program where we were able to invite a lot of our local vets to come and feel honored. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the school year, we have a pastor appreciation service where all of our local pastors are invited to come Mm -hmm. and feel loved and appreciated. Mm -hmm. So we have the chance to not just really receive a lot from Marion, but give a lot back to you. And that's, Mm -hmm. That's I think, something that's unique. Yeah. So our mayor actually came in and played taps. He did. He did a wonderful job. Trumpet cornet. I don't know what the difference is, (laughs) but he does. (laughs) I don't know either. (laughs) No. We don't get that in small towns everywhere either, or big towns either. I think the connections are just easier to come by, you know, Mm -hmm. in a small town for sure. That's excellent. Yeah. What questions have we not asked? What What are the burning questions that you think or the information that you think would be helpful, not only to others who might be interested in Ambleside, but just to small business owners and, and others who are going um, through that process as well? I think it's really important to have um, a dedicated mission statement Um, I was thinking while you were talking about the time during COVID, what Mm -hmm. kept our teachers and the board members is having that mission statement. We talk about that we're a living education, that we're guiding these minds. And so I think having a purpose, a set mission of who you are, not just attached to the product, but the heart of your organization is so fundamental in sustaining who you are. And so when you were talking about that and when I was sitting with the teachers, that's what just kept coming over and over and over again is that that mission statement of who they are. Mm-hmm. And so I think that good. is just an important value to mm-hmm. any small business that's starting. Mm-hmm. And then staying true to yourself. We heard that come up in a, a previous interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Staying true to yourself or to the organization and yeah. that mission, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the biggest compliment uh, you can hear is what was advertised is what I got. Mm-hmm. And so I've recently heard a parent talk about that in one of our committees. And she, I was asking just what is the the climate of Ambleside among the parents? What are you thinking? And they're like, this is what, what we went through the interview. What we saw is what we are experiencing and what a blessing and what a, a value that is to have. That's good. Macy, is there anything else that you want people to know? Um, gosh, trying to think but you know sometimes I think for people if you have young kids at home or you're you know in a different school setting looking to maybe transition it's intimidating Mm -hmm. you know walking into a brand new building and saying I want to even just to take a tour you know for some people that can be really um, a huge leap Um, but just knowing that we're normal people and you know we're we're here to love your your little ones and um, you know we would hope people would Seek us out and come and feel, you know, how warm and inviting the atmosphere is and just feel comfortable um, to reach out to us. Yeah. So how do people find you? What's the physical location if they want to do a tour or online? How do they find you? Yeah. So we are in the First Church of God building and uh, stop by. We love giving a tour on the spot. It happens more than you think it would. 
Uh, we're also online at AmblesideMarion.com. We have a new website coming out tomorrow, um, which I'm very excited and hopefully does not have any glitches in it. <laughs> um, so feel free to look at that. It's beautifully designed, and uh, we're really grateful to have some um, new pages, new videos for people to watch and see that can really express who they are. Um, and we also have an open house coming, an admissions event where families can come in the evening and get to see the campus and get to see the curriculum it's laid out for them and hear a little bit more about the Charlotte Mason philosophy. Yeah. And are you guys on the same school schedule as maybe public and private, other public and private schools, or is there a difference? We do. We try to stay as close to the Marion, um, Marion school system as we possibly okay. can. So if I want to take my kids on spring break somewhere, then yes. it's yeah. still... Yes, because we right. have a lot of... Yeah. Um, we have a lot of our um, students where some of their teachers in the public school system, too, okay. so we, it's helpful to help align. Okay, excellent. And depending on when this airs or when listeners are tuning in, those yeah. events might be a little bit different, so sure. just visit your website is yes. the best place to go to find mm-hmm. all of that up-to-date information. It is, and we're quite, we have a presence on social media, so mm-hmm. you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram, and a lot of that is shared on there as well. Another helpful tool, I think, for people that are maybe just interested in learning more about Charlotte Mason Method, you know, on their own would be um, the Ambleside International has all of these great informational videos of, you know, learning about um, education as an atmosphere and children as persons and all these things we talk about. There's some wonderful, um, you know, type videos on Ambleside International's website that are Invaluable. Yeah. So. We have some local people that work for Ambleside International too. Yes. Michael yeah. Reyes is yeah. one of those. Michael and then yeah. her husband also, yeah. Uh, yeah, Thomas, he works, works with for ASI. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, they'll actually be here. ASI as a whole will be here over the summer um, doing a training for well, maybe we'll do another interview. That would be great. Oh, they would love yeah. it. They would love it. They don't <laughs> laugh as loud. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a wonderful asset to our community. I was thinking when people are looking. Uh, either to move somewhere or, or just move to another community, one of the first things they look at, especially if they have children, right, is just education, schools. Yeah. So yeah. to have various options and to have this option right here in Southern Illinois is really a tremendous asset. So thanks to you both. Yeah, Terry you, Costello, principal at Ambleside, and Mason McCurdy, board chair. Yeah. Um, getting ready to roll off as board I am. chair, maybe. Yeah. Bittersweet, Terry, right? It's bittersweet for me as well. So having served from, you know, yeah. to early 2018 till is now. A, is it an emeritus position that you can't get away from? Or no, they're going to let me. Uh, I think so our, our board kind of works in... Uh, at most, you know, you can serve six years and then you have to sit out for two. So I might be back. <laughs> I would go. So. <laughs> okay. Get rid of me that easy. Terry, we have that on. It's yes. recorded. If you need thank you so much. That's my face at a later date. Do you remember that recording? Yeah. <laughs> well, thank That's you great. so much for yeah. joining us. Oh, thank, thank you both thank for having you. us. Yeah. Yeah. We want to thank everyone for joining us and being part of our small town big business community. Uh, thank you to our sponsors again, Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV. Fowler Heating and Cooling, Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and of course, Union Street Arts. If you have any recording needs, whether it be wedding photography or audio visual, um, reach out to Luke O'Neill at Union Street Arts. He's our producer and he does a great job in putting this together. If you want to know more about Ethos, the small business incubator, co-working spaces, training and development here in Marion, Illinois, just reach out to me, Russell Williams. Email is russell at watermarkethos.org, and you can find us on Facebook or on our website, ethosmarion.org, which is also new and will be released, Mm -hmm. I think, soon. 
And I'm Deb Barnett, uh, Executive Director for Southern Illinois Now. You can find us on our social media channels, also on our website, southerneliloisnow.org. Um, also, if you are new to the podcast or just a regular listener, we sure appreciate you subscribing um, to any of your favorite podcast platforms or also on our YouTube channel. Just search Small Town Big Business. And again, don't forget to subscribe for free. Again, I'm Deb Barnett. I'm Russell Williams. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.